What up? Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother's friend and our cousin, Kile. First off, I'd like to thank Andrew Luck for his seven incredible years in the NFL. He was one of the greatest competitors of his generation, arguably all time, and the game was absolutely better with him in it. I'm glad I was able to watch the journey and wish him all the best in the future. It was a very sad day when it was confirmed, guys. What are you uh, thinking? How'd you find out? I was speechless. It's like, it's like, it's for me, it's like, uh, like a, like a memorable moment. Like when, when JFK was shot or like Osama, like I literally can remember for the rest of my life where I was when Andrew Luck retired. Um, and what I'll remember most is the fact that Doug Gottlieb is a disgusting human being. Oh, that was awful. It was terrible. Who came Troy out Aikman. and said, Troy just, Aikman destroyed him. What's crazy is what I don't, I don't even think of Andrew Luck in this situation. Good for him doing what's best for his self-interest. Um, you know, he's a Stanford grad with an architectural degree. He has a bright future, but Doug Gottlieb for his words, the things he said, yeah. he needs to be let go. It was uh, awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. He needs to apologize for the words he uh, he spoke about Andrew Luck and being a millennial and how giving up on himself because of you know because he's a millennial he gave up on himself and quit football. Give me a break. So that's what I'll remember from it. But it's a sad day for football. Sad day for fantasy. I remember sitting on the couch. I thought it was a. I thought it was a like yeah. his account got hacked. Yeah, I thought something was wrong. I'm like, I no have, way. I have his jersey and I also have Calvin Johnson's. I oh, think I'm bad man. luck. Mm-hmm. I have Barry Sanders too. <laughs> I, no, you gave it to me. Oh no, you're right. I didn't. I don't have Barry Sanders. Anymore. I also have Antonio have Brown. Well, that one we don't know about, but so maybe it's very sad. I remember seeing uh, the one thing about him that about his uh, his trash talking and his trash talking was like nice hit, nice hit, man. Yeah, it wasn't trash nice talking. It was like good hit, buddy. Good hit, buddy. Nice hit. Positive reinforcement. Exactly. It was like weird. He got in your head in a different way than anybody else ever could have. It was a he was a big dude but who's to say espn fox cbs any one of these places are not going to try to pick him up yeah he's I, not going i don't know if he's i think he's bad i wouldn't be surprised completely. if he did something or some sort of appearances once in a while he will he will go down as the most hyped prospect in football history in college football history and nfl draft history he was the golden son from the time he won the rose Bowl uh, in 2010 2011 as a freshman um, and from then on out, he was considered the best prospect to ever play college football. And honestly, he probably might be. And he showed us too. Yeah. <laughs> so, play. Who was his coach in college though? Yeah, still waiting to see at Michigan. That's though. not really relevant. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> but anyway, it would have been a stud regardless. <laughs> well, we wish you all the best, my man. He won some big games, like lacerated kidney. In the playoffs, kidney like you could die from that concussion. His yeah. ankle now, his his shoulder. He might. People thought he wasn't going to ever play again after the shoulder injury. Shoulder injury, yeah. And now he's going through the thing with the ankle and the calf. And I mean, I completely get it. Taking it's the just joy, taking the joy out of the game. Yeah, yeah that's it, injuries can do that when all you're doing is rehabbing and trying to get back on the field instead of actually being on the field. It's yeah. and good for you, Gronk. Uh, I'm. I like. What, I like what he yeah. said today. His body. He was falling apart too. Yeah. Piece yeah, by piece, he. He may be a big dude, but he's still fragile. He ain't that big anymore. You've seen pictures of him recently? Oh, he looks tiny. I mean, he's He looks still- like he weighs as much as me. He's no still way. a monster. Yeah. But no, he looks he looks really small. That's why I don't think he's ever – not ever going to come back, but I don't think he's going to come back anytime no. this year because he's like – like he looks like he's like 190 pounds. I don't think he's wow. ever going to come back. Yeah. Slot receiver. One settlement. Basically. Gets he's a smart dude. He was smart with his money. I mean, he's just – He's still insanely young. He can. He definitely has a bright future. With don't ever refer to Gronk as smart. 
He is actually funny. is very smart. Don't ever refer to him. I don't care what I know. I don't care. He is I will shit. never consider him anything other than never use this salary. Ever. Whatever. I know. I don't. I don't mean money wise. He probably is very smart money wise. Um, I think he lives right off all of his endorsements. No, what else matters? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the words that come out of his mouth matter, <laughs> and they're usually not syllables that go together. Last thing I'm going to say about that is I always pictured him as like a B action star, similar to what is it? White Lightning and Black oh, nice. Hammer. Black Hammer. And, from Major, Major League, right? Or Jesse the Body Ventura and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> no, Omar Epps. That was Omar Epps. That one. Oh my God, it's incredible. Yeah. Omar Epps. Yes, I think that he's going to be that that future action star. But Andrew Luck, all the best to you, pal. So tonight we're here to answer an extremely relevant question with drafts already underway and more happening every single day. Is wide receiver the deepest position in fantasy football? Well, here are some interesting stats for you to start this up. 2018, there were seven wide receivers with double-digit touchdowns. That's the most since 2015 when there were 10. I mean, it is a passing league after all. This is a good one for you guys. I know you're going to like this one, Kyle. Two teams, the Vikings and the Steelers, each had two wide receivers finish as a wide receiver one last year. Theon and Diggs, Antonio and Juju. DeAndre Hopkins, zero drops. Zero. That doesn't even make sense. That's an unbelievable stat. That's incredible. He's perfect. Literally. Perfect. <laughs> there had to have been a play, though, that was a judgment call, similar to an error in baseball where they're like, oh, no, he couldn't have caught that, so it's not going to count. They, as they don't want to throw up his percentages. They had to. Yeah. Somebody's finagling with that. With you, that it's like, part. do you think DeAndre could have the same career as, like, Larry? Or, like, better? They're not the same type of player, but... Zero drops? Zero drops is very impressive. It's amazing. And Larry's got the longevity, too, which is, which is also impressive. Julio Jones was the only wide receiver to finish in the top five without scoring double-digit TDs. It's because he's a freak. This year, they don't play outside until week 11 at Carolina. Just saying. Well, the thing about Julio also is the fact that he finished under 10 TDs, uh, finished as a wide receiver one, but he still put up, what, the most touchdown uh, touchdown receptions of his career last year, right? Yeah. which is incredible to me. The fact Towards that the end of the season. It was the second might, half of the season. He is the most naturally gifted wide receiver in the NFL, and he still doesn't get touchdowns. And I don't get it. Imagine. If he scores touchdowns, he's going to be the clear-cut number uh, one. Uh, we're looking at a guy who's 120 reception, like 2,000-yard total kind of guy, and he still will finish with four touchdowns. I, I don't get it. Close to 2,000 yards. But he's the only guy in the NFL the last four years with over 1,400 yards receiving. He's just. He's phenomenal. He takes five steps, and he's already end zone to end zone, so. Great strides, like a thorough game. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some top receivers here. Kyle, why don't you uh, start this one? So my top 12 has uh, evolved over the past few weeks, uh, as everyone else has. Everyone else's has. Um, but the big ones for me that I want to talk about, my first one that I really want to talk about as a top guy is Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I know last year going into the season, I had my question marks. Was he going to get enough targets? Was he going to have enough relevance in that offense to be picked in that you know, mid, mid to late second round uh, where he was going last year? And he came through with flying colors. So Antonio Brown leaves. He's now in Oakland, and he has vacated 168 total targets. Okay, Those are 168 targets that are now up for grabs. They're not all going to go to Juju. Let's be real here they're not all gonna go there however juju had a juju had a hundred people don't realize juju had 166 targets last year he had two less targets than antonio brown his his catches though but the best part about juju what i love about him most is he was number one in yards after the catch 
okay? He makes plays. Not only is he a, fr- a physical freak of an athlete, but he also makes plays. He, uh, he dodges blocks. He is one of the best all-around wide receivers in the NFL. 16 total red zone receptions last year, top 10 in the league as well. Okay. He did unfortunately have a lower yards per catch last year, which is kind of crazy to look at. Um, I thought of him more as that 14 yards per reception kind of guy, but he actually finished at 12.8 yards per reception. Um, this year he's going as the, as the, at the latter half of the first round, somewhere between the one nine, the two, one, two, two pick. And for me, that is such a huge value pick because of anybody being selected wide receiver wise out of the top uh, five or top four, he is easily my favorite to finish as wide receiver number one. He has the track this year to finish with 115, 120 total receptions, over 1,400 total yards, and 10-plus touchdowns, okay? Those are not numbers to sniff at. He is an incredible athlete. He is the number one receiver for a team that is still going to pass the ball quite a bit, um, and I absolutely love Juju this year. I mean, yes, is he? Is Julio have higher upside, or DeAndre Hopkins in that offense have higher upside? Maybe a little bit. But I think he's on par with both of them. If you can get him at the end of the first or early second, I think it's unbelievable. They threw the most in the NFL last year, I believe. Right? They did. Yes. Big Ben over 600 attempts. And I, I think that might change a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, that's why people are kind of trying to jump on the, the James Washington bandwagon or the Dante Moncrief or the Vance McDonald. And the truth is, is you should just be jumping all over the Juju Smith-Schuster bandwagon. Antonio Brown had 15 touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's kind of ridiculous too. even share a couple of those. Like you said, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, even, even like I said, vacating a lot of targets, a lot of receptions, a lot of touchdowns. However, Jesse James is also gone too. even if yeah, well, that's even, 30. That's 39 targets right there. Even if a fraction of those go to Juju, that makes him number one wide receiver in the NFL this year. I could see him having 200 targets. And the whole thing about the whole thing about Juju is, well, can he succeed without Antonio? Can yes. he succeed being the number, you know, being shadowed differently than he was before? Why would you shadow him any differently? Like, he's still an incredible player. I mean, he, you drop the free safety over him, and he's still going to burn you. Exactly. He looked good in the preseason. Yeah. Like, he's the number one he, – he is a number one receiver. He it's is. like Antonio Brown's story all over again. When oh, he came in with Mike Williams, the number one, and then – Not Mike Williams. Antonio Brown and then uh, Williams. He came in with – he came in with uh, – what's his name? Mike uh, Wallace. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Uh, that's it. My bad. Mike, Mike, Mike Wallace. Yeah. But, yes. So, like, similar thing, and then Juju's literally stepping right up into it. Yeah, the difference is that Antonio was Antonio was a better all-around receiver than Mike Wallace ever was. So it's like that's the thing is like oh totally, but I'm saying they into different shoes. But Mike Wallace was technically the the number Correct. one at the yes. time. Yeah. Yes. So Antonio Brown was the number two. Obviously, then the question becomes: with all those targets, is another wide receiver going to step up? Because Moncrief right now, a lot of people are picking him to you know catch a lot of passes. James Washington looked good in the preseason as well. I know he was playing with some backups. Washington and Bernie. I like me some Washington this year. He has looked good with his opportunities in preseason. He's definitely taking advantage of it by far. He's the burner, and Moncrief is going to be the red zone guy, in my opinion. Um, I think Moncrief is a better possession receiver, and um, James Washington is more of a stretch the field kind of guy. And Big Ben loves that. I, I think they all could have. I think all of them could have decent years. I'm just not willing to draft them higher than they belong. Someone like Vance McDonald, for example. I know people are touting him very. Mightily. 72 targets last year he had. I know, but he's being drafted a little high for my liking at the tight end position. So he, he definitely will get the opportunity because there's no other tight end. Yeah, it's Vance McDonald, and that's it. So, like you said, 168 targets. Vance McDonald gets even 20 more of those. You know, like. Brother, who do you have as a top wide receiver you're targeting this year? Top wide receiver. Um, 
I have always been a fan, and I don't have him on any teams actually, of Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, yep. I we've been talking. We talk a lot about Tampa's offense. The Bucks, man, you love the Bucks. It's, it's crazy, but Bruce Arians and and coaching definitely makes a huge difference. You know, obviously with uh, they, he also has Chris Godwin, um, OJ Howard, Cameron Braid, but Mike Evans over a thousand yards for his first five seasons in a row. There's only been two other wide receivers I think that have done that in the history of the NFL. Mike Evans. Going to get peppered with targets. Bringing them, bring them back to word. I think this is the appropriate episode to bring it back. Peppered. It's the perfect time because the only people <laughs> get peppered are wide receivers and tight ends. So peppered they are. So Mike Evans, I think second round. You're, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He had he had fifteen hundred yards last season, and it was like so quiet. Like you don't even think you're like really. He really had that many yards. Uh, One hundred thirty nine targets, eighty six catches. They're gonna throw. They're gonna throw the ball a lot. They're not gonna be winning, so they're gonna to have to come back. And then garbage points. We love garbage points here at the Fantasy Fam. Still Dude. valid points, right? Yeah, you gotta love some wide receivers who play uh, for teams that are terrible defenses. Terrible defenses means you gotta come back. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are gonna be flourishing in points this year. And look who they play against, though. They play against high flying offenses, the Saints, yeah. the Panthers. It's gonna be. It's gonna be mayhem out there. I'm hoping that in my next three leagues drafting next week, I'm going to definitely be shooting for Mike Evans. Yeah, he had the best statistical year of his year last year. He's still incredibly young. And like, like we've said over and over, the Bucks offense, they're going to be passing Bruce Arians. So. And that's incredible that you said peppered because that just so happens to be the name of a new category I just created for myself to share some statistics called peppered. And wow. do targets translate to fantasy success? We're talking PPR here, folks, and points based on weekly average, because I'm ready to answer and share some information for you. The top six targeted wide receivers in 2018 all finished in the top nine in the final rankings. Here is the kicker. 14 of the top 15 wide receivers and targets all finished in the top 15 in fantasy. The only player in the top 15 in targets who finished outside of that was Jarvis Landry. That was without Odell Beckham. That was without Odell Beckham. Julian Edelman finished just outside the top 20 in targets. He was the other wide receiver that finished in the top 15 in PPR. What do you think about Julian Edelman this year, Kyle? So Julian Edelman is a guy that target share, first of all, great stats. Um, Love them. Um, But Julian Edelman is a guy I wanted to talk about because from a target perspective, he's always been a guy, he's always been Tom Brady's favorite toy. New England is a big proponent of offering these guys at, you know, training camp and the preseason who could become the next great thing. And it all, when it comes to, you know, regular season, it always comes down to two players, James White and Julian Edelman. Every time Julian Edelman is a staple in that offense and he will be until he retires. Okay. He's being drafted a little differently though. Over the last few years, it's either been an injury for him or it's been a suspension for him. So we haven't been able to get a true ADP on where he should be going. This year, we're seeing him in that late third, early fourth, mid fourth, somewhere in there. Julian Edelman missed four games last year because of suspension, yet still finished with 108 uh, targets through those 12 games. That's a really great pace. Um, Six games with 10-plus targets. Another thing, he is Tom Brady's favorite target, and he is going to continue to uh, to be one. You're looking at a guy who's going to get 8 to 12 targets each and every game. And like you said, targets translate to fantasy points. Fantasy points translate to top top 12 finishes. He was number 17 in red zone receptions. He only played 12 games. <laughs> okay, Julian Edelman has never been known as a red zone threat, yet he, ha- he finished 
as the number was the number seven no number seven sorry number not number 17 number seven in red zone receptions number seven he only he missed four games a guy who's never been a touchdown dominant guy had finished number seven in the category, okay? Which means this year, no Gronk in the red zone. Those touchdowns are going to be flowing to Sony Michelle uh, through a rush, James White on the outside, or Julian Edelman over the middle. He trusts him. Yeah. 74 catches, and he, he missed four. Yeah. He, he, out of the Patriots passing offense, he uh, was part of 25.7% of the target share. Without Gronk, with a, without a real true secondary receiver, even though everyone says it's Josh Gordon, that number is going to rise. If he had played 16 games, that target share would look more like 30%, 31%. He probably would have had close to 100. We're looking, yeah, we're looking, we're looking at Julian Edelman, who's going to have 30-plus percent of the target share that Patriots have this year, and he is going to finish as the top 12 wide receiver, in the, even though he's being drafted just outside of it. So another question that we have to ask ourselves is, who's going to be that guy this year? And I think it helps to look at potential number twos on a team where they have a tremendous number one, such as... Chris Godwin because of Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley because of Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry because of the new number one Odell Beckham, and any Rams wide receiver because of other Rams wide receivers? Brother, what do you think about that? So all three of them, actually, for this team, uh, you got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I, I think that we have the, the chance to see another set of three wide receivers all going over 1,000 yards. Jared Goff threw the ball 561 times last year. That was, that was 10th in the league. So clearly that is a very high-power offense with Gurley, without. doesn't matter. And even if Gurley doesn't get the full, I could see Goff even throwing more. Now, 130 targets to Woods, 117 targets to Cooks. That's a lot. Uh, Cup only had 55, but he only played – Maybe eight games uh, total, seven uh, cup because he came back. He came back. He played two games. Did he really? Yeah. I don't remember that. So 55 and then 53 for Josh Reynolds. Most of those could have obviously gone to Cooper cup cooks is going in the four Oh two spot right now. Robert Woods, the four Oh five Cooper cup four eleven. Wow. All three of them in the fourth round. That is absolutely insane. Has that ever Every, happened? I, I don't think I've ever seen. Have we ever like seen that. two? I've seen th- we've seen two wide receivers go in the top like three rounds. Probably ever, Marvin Harrison or like three. Reggie Wayne. Yeah, yeah, that that whole crew maybe, but you know, I, that's crazy. Every single one of them is well worth it. I I totally feel Brandon Stokely. There you go. There's the other one, but he definitely didn't go high as Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne. He was the sleeper of that trio. It's yes, yes, he was. And they all had over ten touchdowns as well too that year. And Dallas good. Clark was also on the team, and he had a, I think he had a good, good year. But anyway, Cup, through the first four weeks last year, was the number four wide receiver before he got hurt. That is amazing. He was on pace to get, I believe, 1,600 and like 11 touchdowns. So he was, he was definitely on pace to finish as a wide receiver one. Uh, Robert Woods finished as the number 11, and Brandon Cooks finished as the 13 last year in PPR, which means Cooper Cup would have clearly finished in the top 15, top 10 this season, all healthy, all going over 1,000 yards. I'm calling it right now, all flirting with 80 catches, maybe a little bit more for one of them, close to 10 touchdowns. That offense is going to be scary good, even with a hurt girly championship. Don't say hurt girly too loud or Joe may hear you. I know, right? He convinced, Ooh, uh, he convinced one of our listeners to draft him. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the three, though, who, 
who is your favorite based on ADP, based on their role in the offense? Who is your favorite of the three wide receivers? Because I know mine. Uh, it's got to be – I think it's Cooper Cup. Just based on his ADP, I think the fact that he's going third out of all three of those when – and he did suffer a pretty bad injury. So coming back from that, he's healthy. Yeah, he's shown, he's shown that he's extremely healthy, actually, based on the doctors um, and what they've said about him. He's actually excelling for where he should be. I don't uh, think I have him on any team. There's another guy I would love to target next week. <laughs> Speaking of target, based on targets, Robert Woods led the Rams in targets last year. So knowing who you may say, Kyle, I'm going to say Robert Woods based on targets alone because it translates to fantasy success. It, I mean, it does. You're absolutely right. But my thought would be the fact that Robert Woods' target share went up because Cooper Cup went down. What? Say that again? Robert Woods' target share went up because Cooper Cups went down. Cooper Cup was becoming Jared Goff's favorite toy. Again, we're using the word toy. I don't love it, but I'm just going to stay with it. Um, <laughs> you can adjust if you want. You can... It's all he's got. It's okay. all he's got. It's all he's got. He's my guy. Too much. My, he's doing a dice move. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. My favorite is actually Brandon Cooks. Okay, Brandon Cooks is the most consistent of any of them. No matter where Brandon Cooks has gone in his NFL career, the Saints, the Patriots, the Rams, he has put up numbers. The only year he didn't have over 1,000 yards was his rookie year in 2014. Other than that, he's put up five touchdowns, over 1,000 yards in the last four seasons. If we're going to talk about consistency, we're talking about a person you can rely on. Uh, on the outside, it's Brandon Cooks. He might be the first one going off the board at the Rams wide receivers, but I am targeting him quite heavily this year. Best year in yards last year, 1,200. He's the deep threat too, right? So if they can actually run the ball, which assuming they can, Todd Gurley's going to split time, whatever. It's going to open up the field. Brandon Cooks can run down the field and catch the football. We've seen it. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is the only person I know who in that offense, besides Gurley, that has his permanent role. He is a 120-target guy. He's not going to stray anywhere from that. He's going to be between 115 targets and 125 targets. You know what he's going to catch at a, what, 70% clip? That 65% clip, it's just going to happen. You can put it on the board now, over 1,000 yards, over six touchdowns, 75 to 80 receptions. He's a 1,000-yard receiver yeah. on every team. Got a couple quick fire questions for you, gents. I know we do this typically with guests, but we're here to challenge. Go for it. Where is Tyler Boyd for you with AJ Green out for the first few games? Um, you can take uh, this one first. I, <laughs> I mentioned him, uh, what, a couple episodes ago about like busts, and I clearly pointed out that Tyler Boyd needs AJ Green. His worst games were when AJ was hurt. I, I actually have him at 22 right now. It may change, but honestly, I've, I feel like I have to keep it. I have him at like 82 catches, a little over 1,000, seven touchdowns. A.J. Green will come back, which he needs him on the field in order to get more yards and more targets. Andy Dalton seems to share it a lot when they're both on the field, but when it's just Tyler Boyd, he's not, I don't know. But Tyler Boyd, 22 right now, so just right outside wide receiver two. Uh, this one's a little tougher for me. I I do like Tyler Boyd. I just don't think he's a very efficient wide receiver. I think he's a middle-of-the-pack efficiency type of guy. Um, and while A.J. Green is out, you're looking at a guy who's going to get 10-plus targets. They are going to try to use Joe Mixon as much as possible. But I know he relies on um, on A.J. Green, and he, you know, not can, he can't really take on the capabilities of being a true number one receiver for a team. But based on his price, I mean, I can get him potentially as my wide receiver, like, two and a half or three, I'm going to probably take it because winning in the first five weeks of the season is the most important part. 
Okay, if you get off to a good start and you're getting a guy who's going to get nine targets every game at the wide receiver position as your wide receiver three, then I'm going to jump all over it. Is he my favorite pick? No. I have him inside my top 18, but that's based purely on opportunity. And, gentlemen, he was just outside the top 20 in targets last year, which may increase over the first few weeks because it is a weekly battle. What kind of season do you envision for Marvin Jones, considering he's slated on paper right now behind top 20 target monster last year, taking over the new number one wide receiver role, Kenny Hotel Motel Galladay in? Kenny Galladay is being drafted in the fifth round, mind you, and Marvin Jones right now currently mid-eighth. Go. I love Kenny Galladay. <laughs> so I am probably not the best person to ask about this. Marvin Jones Sr., uh, as he likes to be called. Um, I, Esquire. I, I think he's a nice complimentary number two wide receiver, but Kenny Galladay is the focal point of that passing game, and he will continue to be one. Um, I think bringing TJ Hawkinson in, bringing Jesse James in, means they want to do something with – I don't know what they want to do with them, to be completely honest. But Two tight end sets. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a blocking scheme and more of a, you know, carry on carry Johnson. On Johnson. More, but I, I like Marvin Jones where he's being drafted – because you can get him for literally nothing, and he has all the upside in the world if anything were to happen to Kenny Galladay. However, what we saw from Matt Stafford last year, I think might be more of the norm, and I'm a little worried about that. They only have three running backs on the roster, mind you. They just cut yeah. Zach, favorite Zach Center, which is crazy. Four yeah, our fan there. favorite. I like, I like Zach Center. Great special teams player, man. Good I don't know why we loved him so much. We always gave him so much love on here, and I don't know why. Here's an interesting one. Not sure if you want to see this one to Kyle, brother, because of the content. Do any Jets wide receivers have wide receiver two upside potentially this year with Sammy D at the helm and Le'Veon Bell now catching all of his previous bomb interceptions thrown last year? Okay. <laughs> Great, Great question. question. Great oh. question. You can go okay. first. No, no, no. Please yeah, go yeah. first. I am a big fan of Robbie Anderson. I think that this year he definitely – comes through i actually just took him in the ffcc best ball uh 12 team tournament 256 of us i think it's like yeah it's survivor it's good detail right there weeks yeah but it's i took him uh sam darnold is funny enough my quarterback yeah I, I i waited he is a deep threat and that's all he's been for the past few seasons but it's a second year with sam darnold now, I think the addition of Le'Veon Bell actually helps a little bit with that because now the safeties, you kind of got to think, hey, what's, what's going on with Le'Veon Bell? Like, we got to make sure that he's not doing anything too sneaky behind the line of scrimmage. And then they could be moving up a little bit, Robbie Anderson down the field. So Robbie Anderson, I have him at 26 right now, about 70 catches, close to 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns though, because I think he's going to get a lot of deep threat touchdowns. Um, so he's, he's my guy from the Jets. Mine, don't laugh. Please contain yourselves, everyone. I know um, your guy already. Wait, it's not Terrell Pryor, is it? No, he's I not. I know your guy. He's not on the team, no. But at you. My guy is the person they just signed this offseason. Is he from it Duke? Is, it is Jamison Crowder, okay? Yeah. We go back two years. My love for Jamison Crowder was there. I all thought of he, us. Yeah, we all, all did. All okay? love. And then, and then you go into 2018, and he completely flopped. He missed basically half the season. He didn't contribute much in a anemic offense that was Washington. However, he now comes to the Jets. And is he a deep guy? No. He is a 11.5 to 12.2 yards per reception type of guy. However, Sam Darnold needs a blanket. He needs a blanket across the over the middle somewhere where he is in trouble and he's scrambling for his life behind that offensive line who he can rely on. Chris Herndon is gone for those first four games of the season. Just about to say that. He is going to rely 
on a blanket such as Jamison Crowder. Robbie Anderson, I like, but he's a streakier player. He's a guy who's going to put up 25 points one week and then put up one point the next week. Quincy Inunua, not someone you can rely on as much. Jamison Crowder is going in the 13th round right now. I would be completely fine having him as my wide receiver four. I mean, I'm not saying wide receiver two, wide receiver three, but I am saying that he has the capabilities to put up 65, 70-plus receptions. Even if it's for 800 yards and four or five touchdowns, I think you can rely on him for at least 10 points each, each week. That's what I have him at right now. About 68 catches, 810 yards, and four touchdowns. And it's going to be consistent. It's going to be each and every week he's going to put up those. He'll definitely get his target share. Four, yeah, four receptions, five receptions, you know, 59 to 60 yards. And, and having Lev Bell in the backfield definitely helps. It makes, it makes the defense completely rethink. Yeah. You have to. If you have somebody with that athletic ability behind there, what, what's he going to do? I, you, a, lot of, a lot of, like, play action. I would do a lot of play action with Lev Bell. Well, sticking in the AFC East, here's an interesting question for you. John Brown last year averaged about six targets per game and Cole Beasley about 5.5, but they were playing four different squads. Are the Bills going to throw enough to support anyone, mind you, on that team being a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, knowing that you can get these guys in double-digit rounds? Um, tune in for our October 10th episode for me to get into more details of what my answer is, because I have no idea. I couldn't tell you which Bills player to pick no, seriously i couldn't i couldn't pick oh good one sorry <laughs> Dave, uh, we'll record yeah um i i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you if it's robert foster i couldn't tell you if it's john brown cole beasley say jones i i think cole beasley emerges as that slot guy outside i don't i i have no idea there's just so much fluff so much uncertainty with their wide receiver core and what they're going to do with Josh Allen at the helms now I don't know if they're going to try to keep his running to a you know limited amount or if he's going to be passing it more and how that's even going to go so they don't really TJ have Eldon, five catches the other day I think TJ Eldon's going to get cut and I think he's going to end up in, in Houston so I, he is so talented I think he's going to end up on the Houston Texans as their so-called you know backup running back to Duke Johnson and sorry Lamar that's rough. Injury Two third down backs, huh? Yeah, I, I do. I think, I think that's a good – I mean, I don't know that I think it's a good place for him, but I think that the Bills have someone to cut, and I think they're too stupid to cut LaShawn. So I think they're going to cut Yeldon, and, and he's going to go to Houston. And Robert Foster's actually dinged up a bit, so. Yes, that he is. There will be more opportunity for John Brown and Cole Beasley from the get-go. It's interesting, but that is a, that is a wait and see. You may have to, you know, just take a shot in the dark, throw a dart toward the end of the draft. Here's a closing question that I'm actually going to answer as soon as I ask it. Can drafting wide receiver, wide receiver with your first two picks win you a championship? The answer is yes. What movie is that? Could be one of many movies. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, let me, t- let me tell you why you can win a championship by drafting a Capote? wide receiver and a wide receiver with your first two picks. Yeah, I was going to say Capote too, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's actually Ruben Pfeffer. Ah, yes. Answer. Shark wrestling. Volcano (laughs) losing. That's why Leland. (laughs) First name Reaper. (laughs) Monkey and Polly. Incredible movie. One of the Fantasy Fam's favorites. Okay, here's a list of players most commonly owned in 2018 on winning championship teams. Not the wide receivers yet, so hold your horses. Philip Lindsay, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Jalen Samuels, George Kittle, and Eric Ebron, who, wait, who, who are they? Those are all players that were either drafted late or picked up on waivers 
who complemented these top wide receivers found on many championship squads. Get your pen and paper. I guess you can record it or play it back. Irie Kill, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, your boy Juju, Devonta Adams, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton. You could have taken any combination of those top two guys as long as you, as we've said many times before, monitored, played the waiver, kept track of the depth charts. It's possible. It happened. Those are stats. I love James, it. A James Conner season all, doesn't come too often because, like, you look at besides him, everyone else, like you mentioned before, Kyle, that – well, it contradicts my whole thought process of stopping <laughs> running backs really and often. So. <laughs> nothing, like being, nothing like being scolded on, on, uh, on air. But the thing is, <laughs> Some of them are on list, the list too, though. It's a lot of top players. I'm not disagreeing. It's completely possible. I've done it But before. the thing is, you'd have to hit all of those players that he just mentioned in order for That's you true. to like, have yeah. a chance. I mean, you'd have to – Philip Lindsay and Nick Chubb are the big two ones that jump off the, the map for me. James Conner, we saw as a potential lead-in to let me People on. knew, but they also drafted hey. him kind of just with like a, hey – my draft on Saturday night, my first three out of my first four picks were DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Brandon Cooks, okay? So I took the best available players, and I don't feel bad about it because I made up for it with good, you know, complimentary uh, running backs. So My buddy just texted me. He took Nuck and OBJ with his first two picks. Yeah, so. I, it's sometimes – Stay tuned for the rest of his team on the next episode. I love, I yeah. love running backs early and often. However, if the value isn't there, take the wide receiver. I promise you it won't – you know, it, it's not going to hurt you. I love running backs. Take the value. Stay fluid and tune in to the Fantasy Fam. You can find us at fantasyfam.com or on Twitter at the Fantasy Fam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off.